Innal hamdalillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyiati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa may yudlilhu fala hadiyalah wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu وصفيه وخليله وخيرته من خلقه وأمينه على وحيه أرسله ربه رحمة للعالمين وحجة على خلقه وعباده أجمعين وأسأل الله أن يجعلنا من صالح أمته وأن يحشرنا يوم القيامة في زمرة ثم أما بعد أولا يا عباد الله أسيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله First and foremost, O Sayyids of Allah, I exhort myself and yourselves to observe the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To fear Allah azza wa jal as you ought to be feared in open and in secret. For indeed those who fear Allah azza wa jal as you ought to be feared, they attain his pleasure and they attain his jannah. As for proceeds, I begin today's khutbah with a question. A question which I'd like to pose to myself and to yourselves. It's the year 2123, a hundred years from now, and you were buried a long time ago. People don't care about the home you used to live in, nor do they care about the car you used to drive, and they don't care about the fortunes which you have left behind. What they care about is the positive trace you have left behind, the trace of a'malu salihat the trace of good deeds the trace of knowledge and the trace of good character that they are benefiting from right now in the hadith reported in Sahih Muslim on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal idha mata al-insanu inqata amaluhu illa min thalathatin illa min sadaqatin jariyatin أو علم ينتفع به أو ولد صالح يدعو له. In the hadith report in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet said, when the son of Adam passes on, or when an insan passes on, all of his deeds comes to an end. All of his deeds is severed. All of his deeds is cut off, except from three angles. The first of it being Sadaqatun Jariyah. A perpetual charity. Secondly, knowledge which is benefited from. Or thirdly, the dua of a righteous child which makes dua for this parent. And this hadith teaches us the importance of leaving behind an Islamic legacy. Everyone is concerned about their legacy. And they want to leave behind the legacy. But what type of legacy do we want to leave behind? How many of our goals and aspirations align with these three matters? Ultimately, Ibadullah, this is what it comes down to. Muslim reports in the hadith of Anas ibn Malik that he said that the Prophet said, Yatba'ul mayyita thalathatun fayarji uthnani wa yabqa wahidun yatba'u ahluhu wa maluhu wa amaluhu that Anas ibn Malik reported that the Prophet said 
Three things follow the mayit. Three things follow the deceased person. What follows him is his family, his wealth, and his deeds. Two things return and one thing remains. His family and his wealth returns. And the only thing which remains is his deeds. In this great hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, he teaches us that our deeds is severed and cut off with our demise. And the one whose deeds have been cut off is the one who has moved on to the next abode. He has moved from Darul Amal. He has moved from the abode of action to the Dar, to the abode of account and Hisab. For this reason, our lives, O servants of Allah, it is a valuable opportunity for us to achieve the pleasure of Allah Azza wa Jal and to increase in righteous deeds. And it is an opportunity for us to rectify our shortcomings and return to Allah Azza wa Jal in repentance. O servants of Allah, we are currently in existence which the dead wish they were in, so that they could do a single good deed. And there's not a single person who has passed on except that they have regrets. If they were from the people of Ihsan, then this is in their favor. But they will still wish to do more good deeds. And if they were the people of Sayyi'at, the people of sin and transgression, they wish to return so that they could repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It has been narrated that some of the Salihin were seen in dreams. And they said, نَحْنُ نَعْلَمُ وَلَا and they addressed the people who are alive. And they said, We, the dead people, we know, but we cannot do any actions. But you, O living people, you know the reality, but you don't do good deeds. Wallahi and they say, Wallahi, that if you were to do a single tasbih, a single glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a single praise of Allah azza wa jal, and this was to be found in your scale of good deeds, it is better for you and everything which the dunya contains. This one tasbih will be greater for you in the scale of your good deeds than the dunya and all it contains. For this reason, O servants of Allah, the Prophet ﷺ, he prohibited us from longing for death. Because once a person dies, his deeds are cut off. As it is reported in the hadith of Abu Hurairah in Sahih Muslim, that the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يتمنى ين أحدكم الموت لدر نزل به Let none of you wish for death, for a harm, which has befallen. So no matter how great the difficulty we are faced with in our lives, we should never ever long for death, except in exceptional circumstances. 
When the fitna is so high that there is no way for us to flee from it except death, then at that moment we long for death. But not just due to a calamity which we are faced with, which will make us feel hopeless of the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal. And the Prophet goes on to say, Inna al-mu'min idha mata in amaluhu. When the believer dies, his deeds are cut off. And the believer, his life, the longer his life goes on, it only increases in goodness. And this is the life of the believer. So the first of these matters of servants of Allah mentioned in this hadith is It is a perpetual charity, that which we refer to as waq, endowments. But this concept brings us to an important realization of the reality of wealth. Many people, Allah Azza wa Jal, has blessed with wealth. But few recognize the responsibility which comes with this wealth. Firstly, no matter how hard you strove and work for this wealth, this wealth is rizq min Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This wealth that you possess, it is ordained by Allah and it is a provision from Allah Azza wa And the one who has this outlook will see wealth as a blessing, but he will also realize and recognize the responsibility this wealth comes with. And this is the first realization, that no matter how much you strove, this ultimately is a provision from Allah. And for this we give an example. Two people studied at the same university. They both graduated with the same degree. One is successful, the other is not. Why is this? It is due to Allah Azza wa decree. And Allah Azza wa decreeing that one be successful and the other one perhaps be unsuccessful. Secondly, if you recognize that this wealth is a blessing, then you must give this wealth its haqq. And you start with aham fal aham. You start with the obligatory matters. That this wealth if you are of the people of the zakat, then you must dispense your zakat. That if you own the nisab, which is a gold amount, and this gold amount is converted each and every single year into rand value, if you possess the nisab and 12 months pass over this portion of wealth, you must dispense your zakat. And this is the first obligation of wealth. Then it is the obligation of nafaqah that you need to provide for those people who are under your care, your wives, your kids, and even in some cases, your parents. It is your responsibility, and this is the right of wealth. And then we move on to sadaqah. Because indeed, as the Prophet said, that extra charity, sadaqah, it is a burhan. In the hadith report in Sahih Muslim, the hadith of Harith ibn Asim al-Ash'ari, that he said the Prophet said, At-Tahur Shatrul Iman. That purification and purity, it is half of faith. Walhamdulillahi tamla ul mizan. And saying the praise, Alhamdulillah, it fills the scales. Wa subhanallahi walhamdulillahi tamla ani, aw tamla ama bayna samawati wal ard. And saying, Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, it fills that which is between the heavens and the earths. وَالصَّلَاةُ نُورُ And the prayer, it is a light. وَالصَّدَقَةُ بُرْهَانُ And charity, 
it is a proof of your faith. That if you're from amongst the people who give charity, this is a sign that you possess Iman. So do we see wealth as a means only for the betterment of ourselves? That this is the wealth which Allah Azza wa Jalla granted me. I uplift myself, I uplift my family, I better our lives. Or do we see wealth as a responsibility which Allah Azza wa Jalla has given us? And this responsibility extends to others. We look at the lives of the Sahaba and how they dealt with wealth. When Umar ibn Khattab was given a piece of land after they conquered Khaybar, what was the first thing Umar did? Did he rejoice? Was he happy with this blessing? He went to the Prophet saying, I've got a piece of land better than that which I have ever received. So what do you advise me regarding it? The Prophet said, if you wish, you can keep it as an endowment to be used for charitable purposes. In shi'ta, habista aslaha wa tasaddaqta biha. If you wish, you can keep it in your ownership as an endowment to be used for charitable purposes. As Umar ibn al-Khattab, he gave this land in charity as an endowment not to be bequeathed and the benefit of this land would be used for the poor, the kinsmen, the emancipation of slaves, and those who strove in jihad. And this is how the Sahaba saw wealth. They saw wealth as an opportunity to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to increase their rank in the Akhirah. So what comes under the concept of endowments and waqf, it is building masajid. That if you contribute towards the building of a masjid, Firstly, Allah Azza wa Jal builds for you a house in Jannah. The hadith says, Whomsoever, man bana lillahi masjidan, bana Allahu lahu baytan fil Jannah. Whomsoever builds a house for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah Azza wa Jal builds a house for this person in Jannah. Secondly, establishing water wells, which is one of the best of charities. To give people drink. And this drink is water, it is the best of charities, as well as planting trees, so that people benefit from its produce and they benefit from its shade. This is the legacy we need to leave behind in terms of our wealth. That we leave behind wealth which benefits people not just materially, but it benefits them with regards to their religion and it benefits us in the Akhirah. The second matter mentioned in this hadith that causes us to be remembered after our demise in a good light, it is as the Prophet said, Ilmun bihi. It is knowledge which is benefited from. Knowledge which is benefited from. And this knowledge it refers to knowledge of the Sharia. And it pertains to knowledge which is derived from the Quran and the Sunnah. So one must strive with regards to acquiring the correct knowledge firstly. Because this in and of itself, it is a struggle, it is a jihad. Once you acquire the correct knowledge, you must strive against yourself to implement this knowledge. And only once you do this, does this knowledge become beneficial knowledge. Knowledge is not just having knowledge of call Allah wa call Rasul. And being able to quote this hadith verbatim and this ayah verbatim. But knowledge is bringing these 
statements of Allah Azza wa Jalla and His Messenger alive in our lives. The third level of knowledge is once you practice, you must then call others towards this knowledge. Because this is the right of knowledge. That you strive against yourself to call others towards this knowledge. And then finally, you have patience upon calling others towards this knowledge and the affliction that you will meet. And if you do this, you'll be considered to be of the learned scholars. As Allah Azrael says, Inna yakhsha Allah min ibadi al-ulama. That indeed those who have the khashya of Allah Azawajal, they are truly the learned ones. So that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go through a course of study and be considered by the people to be an alim, but this means you practice upon the knowledge which you possess. And so knowledge is that matter that causes us to be remembered after our demise in a good light. For we look at the lives of the scholars, the lives of the Salafus Salih, at the head of them, the Sahaba, the Tabi'een, and the generation which succeeded them. They have passed on many years ago, centuries ago, but their legacy still remains. And their good mention still remains. As Ali ibn Abi Talib said, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, فَعِشْ بِإِلْمٍ وَلَا تَبْغِي لَهُ بَدَلًا النَّاسُ مَوْتَى وَأَهْلُ الْإِلْمِ أَحْيَى He said, live for knowledge and seek no compensation for it. النَّاسُ مَوْتَى وَأَهْلُ الْإِلْمِ أَحْيَى The people have died, but the people of knowledge are still alive. The people of knowledge have also passed on, but their good mention remains behind. To such an extent that when we hear their names today, we say, Rahimahumullah. We make yani tarahum upon them. We seek mercy for them. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to forgive them. And this is because of the legacy of knowledge. This is due to the legacy of knowledge. The Prophet والسلام, says, Man da'a ila huda kana lahu min al ajri mithla ujuri man tabi'ahu la yankusu dhalika min ujurim shay'an. That whosoever calls towards a form of guidance. كَانَ لَهُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ مِثْلُ أُجُورِ مَنْ تَبِعُهُ He will have a share in the reward, the like of that of the one who practices upon it. لَا يَنْكُسُ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أُجُورِمْ شَيْئًا And this will not decrease their reward, the ones who practice upon it, in the least. And this is the positive effect of knowledge. أَقُولُ هَذَا الْكَوْلُ وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهِ لِي وَلَكُمْ مِنْ كُلِّ ذَنْبِ فَاسْتَغْفِرُوا إِنَّهُ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Alhamdulillahi wahdahu wa salatu ala man la nabiyya ba'dah wa ba'd. Qala al-Nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ittaqillah haythuma kunt, wa atbi'i sayyata al-hasanata tamuhuha, wa khaliki al-nasa bi khulukin hasanin. Rawahu al-Tirmidhi. The Prophet says, Fear Allah azza wa jal wherever you are, and follow up a bad deed with a good deed, for it will expiate it, and interact with people in a goodly manner. Ibadullah, we're reflecting over the hadith which speaks about those deeds which benefit us after our demise. And the third matter which the Prophet mentioned is 
the supplication of a righteous child. And this is part of your legacy. That a person will only get that which he has striven for. And part of our striving, it is attaining benefit from our righteous children that we leave behind. As this hadith mentions, the supplication of a pious son. But the first reflection over this part of the hadith is that in order to attain this benefit, you must be married. And this is what Islam encourages us. Because there's no way a person can attain a righteous son except by being married. And so this is the first reflection of this part of the hadith. That a person must rush and hasten to get married. Secondly, that this hadith, it establishes for us actions which benefit the dead after the demise. And amongst it is the supplication of a righteous child. And this matter is something which is agreed upon. That all scholars agree that that which benefits the dead after the demise, it is the dua of a righteous son. And this is supported by the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Isra verse 24, where Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَكُنْ رَبِّ الْحَمْهُمَا كَمَا رَبَّيَانِ صَغِيرًا That, O oh my Rabb, have mercy upon my parents as they nurtured me when I was little. And so the Mufassiri mentioned with regards to this ayah, إِنَّ الدُّعَاءَ لِلْوَالِدَيْنِ مُسْتَجَابٌ لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ أُذِنَ فِيهِ they say that definitely from the du'as which is accepted, it is the du'a of a righteous child which he makes for the parents after their demise. And this is the legacy that you leave behind. That your children will not just remember you for the reason that you have profited them in the dunya, but they will remember you after your demise by making du'a for you. That whilst you are in your grave, you will see the effects of this dua. And this legacy, the ulama says, it continues. If you were a son who remembered your parents in your dua whilst they were alive and after their death, then Allah Azza wa Jal will cause you to have kids who will remember you after your death. And this is the reality of righteous offspring. O servants of Allah, many people have passed on. People have passed on without any good deeds. And many people have passed on and left behind a legacy of good deeds. And some people are in their graves and they are still benefiting from the deeds which they have left behind. And so we must not have false hope with regards to these matters, but we need to take action. And we need to ensure that we are from amongst those who leave behind a positive legacy which benefits us after our demise as this hadith teaches us. وهذا وصلوا رحمكم الله على خير البرية وأزكى البشرية صاحب الحود والشفاءة فاق